Esports is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the future marketing in esports. Hey everyone, welcome to the future of marketing and esports. I'm your host, Rebecca Longua, and today my guest is Megan Van Petten, who is the founder of the Esports Trade Association. Hi, Megan. Thank you. Hi, Rebecca. I am so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me finally. Finally, I'm I'm super excited to chat with you today. It's crazy. Like the first time we've talked, I think John Davidson introduced us a few years ago, almost three years ago, maybe. We had this really great chat about Esports Trade Association when it was newly founded. And over the years, it's just grown exponentially. And I would love for you to share a little bit about how you came up with the idea to even create the trade association and and what informed that decision for you? That just brings me back. I remember when we first talked, you were, I remember you were in an office. Yeah, I was. I was like, an electric ad agency. I was working with with a more traditional advertising agency on contract were. time. Yep. You were so, like, you know what? This conversation is so good. Hold on a second. I'm going to step <laughs> into the bathroom so we could really talk. And I was thinking, where are you? <laughs> It was. I was at an office. I was like at a client's office. And obviously this was pre-COVID, but it was esports was something that I was working in part of the time, right? More on investment strategy on the investor side. So it was just like such a new, a new concept for me. Like, I guess at that point in time, I didn't even understand what a trade association was. And and maybe some of my listeners don't even know what a trade association is. But lay down that groundwork, lay down the foundation of what this even is and means. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You know, um, we connect today's and tomorrow's leading esports businesses. And so many people are like, well, what makes you different than anyone else? And the difference is trade associations are as old as time. And there was about, we're, I think we're about five years old. And about two and a half years ago, John Davidson called me one day, he goes, Meg, do, do we even need trade associations anymore? I'm like, John, we do. It, you know, like American Express had it right when they differentiated clients, customers, and members. And I'm just in love with the member model and I'm in love with old school business. And one thing common about trade associations is we educate and entertainment. What's that word? Edutainment. Edutainment. Mm -hmm. So there's edutainment all year round. So there's education. But one thing also about a trade association is there's always one event per year, the big event. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, you know, I've done over 21 trade associations over my, my course of, wow. uh, I know. So you're the trade um, association, like guru. I am a trade association guru. And then, and, and this industry was when I really like rethought about it. And the, the most interesting thing there must've been, I can't remember exactly, Rebecca, 25 to 40 people on John's advisory board. Yep. And the one differentiator of esports trade association, thank God, 
is the word trade. And it just brings back old school business, you know, the good way of doing old school business and just what I love and my passion. Yeah. And one thing that I feel like in the esports industry specifically that sets itself apart from other industries that I've been involved in in the past, which is like advertising, pro sports, financial services, is the willingness to share contacts, information, insight with each other that I've never experienced myself in any other form of business. Are you seeing that come come really into light with the Esports Trade Association? For sure. At, you know, at, without a doubt. I mean, we, we convene the decision makers. We advocate for the industry. We promote operational excellence and innovation. We aim to elevate the dynamics of the industry, you know, transforming the esports environment. Where I mean, that is our mission. Yeah. So we do, we run programming all year round. And again, we have our second annual conference well, since it's physical, here in Chicago, August 22nd through 25th, your birthday weekend. Everybody should well, my daughter's it. birthday weekend. Oh, it's actually both your kids, isn't it? It's Sia's birthday. Sia's birthday. My daughter, Sydney's birthday is the 20th. She'll be 22. Like, she's a grown-up. So when you have, like, grown-ups, you don't have to plan your entire life around their birthdays. But I do like to honor my kids at those times. One of the things that we both have mentioned in explaining not only our relationship with the Esports Trade Association is John Davidson. And I know John's been on my show before, but people are probably like, what are you guys talking about, John Davidson? Will you give a little bit of background on John and why he's so relevant to ESTA? You know, he, just for starters, he's a great guy. So we were, we were two years old before we found John. It, it takes a minute. Was he and at GameStop at the time? Was he still working? He was. At, he at was at GameStop at the time. And, and you know, he was part of our, I, th- I believe he was part of our initial advisory board when mm-hmm. we were just an idea. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it takes a minute to, to, to find your leader. And, you know, it's nothing we're ever in a hurry for. And it took John three years to find our vice chair, who will be our next chair. Nice. You know, um, it's so important because they're, you know, the leader of a whole entire industry in my, in my view, in the B2B space, not B2C. So right now he's serving as your chair. He's serving as our chair. He's in his fourth term, which is so, you know, crazy. It's yeah. so long, but we, we have extended his term due to the fact that he's just so great and he'll be forever our founding chair and have emeritus status and go down in history. And he should, he is just such a well-rounded professional he has a great show. He has great business acumen. He's done a lot in, in the space. As a matter of fact, I have gone on record to say in, of all my years, he's been the best chair I've ever served. I love that. I, I remember the first time I talked to John Davidson, I totally remember like crisscross applesauce sitting on my couch. I met him through Stadio Ventures where we're both advisors, but I hadn't really had a conversation with him before. I was actually planning a big esports kind of like community tournament here in Minnesota called um, Level Up at Mystic Lake Casino where, where Call of Duty Majors 2 is going to be held. And I was just literally chatting with him about partnerships and how do we bring brands into the space? I mean, this was 
four years ago, this is when brands didn't necessarily even understand what esports was. And he brought like a wealth of information to me at that time. So he's like such a great sounding board of somebody to like share those deep insights because he's got a ton of experience on the on the gaming side and gaming retail. But if I had like one word to describe John Davidson and think about what your word is while, before I tell you mine, I think my word for John would be megaphone. I just feel like he's somebody that is constantly shouting out everything that's going on in the space, like a little megaphone. Like he, he really does hone in on what the pulse is of the industry as a whole and is like constantly sharing insights and information. He's very generous and he's very patient and he's a lot brighter, you know, because he's cool, right? So this morning we had a meeting and we have this really cool event coming up that I can't share yet, but you'll Mm -hmm. love it and you'll be there. And John's like, I want to get together with the team to uh, discuss the marketing beat. And I was like, what is a marketing beat? Thank you for keeping me cool. I know. He's cool. <laughs> he's he's cool. cool. Like he's young and he's cool. Yeah. I know. And uh, and so he, so he, you know, and then of course, I don't know what a marketing beat is. And he looks at me like, oh my God, how do you not know what a marketing beat is? How am I with such an uncool person? We have, boy, such a good respect for each other. One word. Oh boy. I'll have to keep thinking. Yeah. Um, again, I, I've gone on record to say he has been the greatest chair I've worked with in my entire career. And that has aggravated a lot of people, I must say, because it's really not even right to do yeah. that. Well, um, so uh, give me till the end of the show. Okay. Well, you keep thinking about it. I mean, there's okay. a lot of words amplifier for me also, right. They all kind of have the same connotation, but You know, and I love Rebecca, like even his brand of his show, like DLC, downloadable content. I mean, he's like, he's a content guru. I like his voice. I think his show is easy on the ears and, you know, visually it's a nice show. Yeah. Sometimes like I hear people's voice and I can't even listen to it. You know that he's going to like eat this entire, (laughs) the entire first 15 minutes of this podcast. I understand he won't even listen to it. I don't no, think he's, he's, he's going to be, no, he is going to be like, give me all the energy. If, if he does, if he hears it, <laughs> he'll hear it. I think you'll hear it. I'll, I'll give him a little heads up. So, um, okay. So that is, yeah, John, I think John's been instrumental in really helping like grow awareness of ESTA and yes. really great content that he's pushed out articles that he's written in newsletters. I think it's, it's great that you've had a champion in your corner that can really help amplify your vision and the mission of esports trade association. You guys did have your first live event this last fall. Yes. Late summer, early fall. Tell me, tell me about that because prior to that, it was very much digital only. So yeah, paint the picture. Do you remember we had our first event scheduled for April, 2020 and it was, and it was pivoted to digital very quickly. So that was not fun for us. That was our coming out party. And you were coming to that one, but this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I literally have hotel. I, I paid for hotel. I paid for hotel. So many people. I didn't come. I mean, that was like, that was the beginning of COVID. So it was. yeah, what luck that was. You know, we've been very, 
blessed to partner with Morgan Stanley. So they are, again, our presenting title sponsor. And, you know, they're, they are such a conservative classic brand that really respects and understands the value of a B2B trade association. So we were just over the moon. Our board, our executive board helped us with that relationship and securing that sponsor. We have a whole board. We have an advisory board. They've all done so much. The conference is amazing. So in 2009, I saw my first Shark Tank show and I, and I said to myself, I'm going to bring that to business and business events and trade business events because how do we make it different how do we make how do we make it fun so i always love the elevator pitch love yes um gamers you represent uh gamers well i so i'm independent but right now i'm kind of of like all in on on two different on two different client contracts that don't compete with each other because they're very different right the game hers being one and and the game hers is all about amplifying women's voices throughout the entire esports industry and it is definitely something that's true to my heart because i don't necessarily identify myself as being like a woman in the esports industry or a a, a female founder or a you know i, I don't necessarily do that, but I feel the effects of being one, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be held at the highest regard in being a very strong business leader and connector in esports, regardless of my gender. But we don't necessarily always have the luxury of that, which is why the game hers exists. It was to just shine a light on these women pioneers throughout the space and the people who are leaning in and and supporting that. And then I work with version one and rocker here in Minnesota, which they tie in very um, closely together in terms of like mission and purpose, because it is natural for the team at version one to be a very, very inclusive organization. So it's not like I'm trying to advise version one on how to be inclusive. They already it's in their DNA. So it, it just works really well together. And the team at the GameHers, it's just been a really great experience for me because at the GameHers, I can put on both my partnership hat, but also strategy and marketing tactics hat. And at V1, it's very much about relationships and lead generation and networking events and just telling the story of this premier esports org, you know. But you guys had the GameHers come through your pitch event. We did. She actually won the year before when it was virtual. Mm -hmm. So last year, USG won. Anyways, that I I got sidetracked by talking about the elevator pitch, which is so exciting to me. What I love about our pitch is Sharon Gill teaches a workshop on perfecting your pitch. And it if anyone has been around this industry long enough, they know money is easy to get with a good plan and a good team, but great partnerships and good money, you know, and great decisions and great business plans and perfecting your pitch. So I love that 
you know, we have this workshop and I can't remember if Rebecca went through the workshop, but last year in Chicago here, we had um, USG and I'm trying to think who won that, who, who put, who put that pitch out? I think it was Matt Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Jackson, Matt Jackson took home, took home the prize last year. And then one of the other, one of the, so obviously I can't, I can't talk enough about the class because that I've never done for many years. We've done the pitch the last two we've done the class and yeah. this class and, and each time it gets better, but here's what I'll say about the event besides the fact the Chicago experience. I mean, we start out and I feel like this is a, um, an audio show, but we do have a, a wonderful video clip. We start out by going to Wrigley field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so nostalgic to go there. It's such an incredible field. It's a, it's a wonderful bonding experience. And then the next day we have an open slower day for people to set up their booths, get acquainted, do whatever they want, plan some meetings in Chicago. And that's when our advisory board meets with our regular board. Yeah. And that is what we call an industry roundtable. And then we 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 start the day with a, a welcome from John and I to new members and existing members and all attendees. And, you know, what is ESTA and what is a trade association? That has been like the biggest question, you know, what differentiates us from anybody else? And then we go into a speed networking, which is super fun. And then we do a hot card pitch where anybody in the audience can get up and pitch and the audience chooses who gets to go into the proper pitch of which all these people have been in class together. It's a very bonding experience. There's one, yeah, there's one wild card winner that gets to pitch and, and that that's a blast. All this, that was run by Sharon and Wayne Gill, you know, and then the next day, which is day three, in my opinion, is the big day. A lot of people just come in for that day. It's all day long session and pitch. And that's where the winner is announced. And then in the evening, we're going to the WIT. And you've heard about the WIT, right? Yes, yes, yes. Scott Greenberg. He's such a supporter um, of of our industry. He's just an an amazing Chicago. He's a a hoteler. hotelier. What'd you call him? An icon. Totally. Yeah. So we go to, we, we close the event with, with a party at his, an evening event at his hotel, which is the roof of a hotel, but the way he designed it, he designed it as a bar and built a hotel under it, which is so, I love that story. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had him on my show last week, but I haven't been able to watch the show yet. <laughs> so that's another thing we should talk about is MAP and eSports Connected. Well, yeah, for sure. I think, I don't know if if I've ever told a story on my own podcast about how I even got into this podcast. Same. Um, I had a call prior to, you know, also prior to COVID with Jacob Miles. And like, I firmly believe in like, ask the universe for what you want and like tell people what your vision is. Because at a point where I was like, in my mind, what I really saw was an opportunity for me to share what my experiences were that were happening within the esports industry as as it was very much 
emerging into mainstream. It wasn't quite mainstream. It was just kind of starting to merge mainstream. And what I was starting to see was as an advisor on the investment side, there were brands that were very well-versed in like communicating what they worked for investment strategy, but really didn't understand how to, how to translate that into a go-to-market strategy. And having a brand and marketing background, I just felt like there were insights that I could share and that I was sharing to some of the startups about how do you translate that communication from an investment tone of voice to a a true go-to-market strategy. Like you're talking about with, with, with Sharon and that perfect pitch, like who's the pitch to, is it to an investor? Cause it's going to be a totally different cadence than it is to a pro team or to a brand that you want to get dollars from. Like that's a really different type of communication skill. And I just was like, I want to be able to have conversations with people that are in the space that are working in the industry and are making a difference in terms of how that marketing tone of voice is really kind of coming across and how can we educate a broader audience who's esports curious about the industry as a whole because there was a time when you'd listen to or you'd like read synopsis esports or the you know esports insider and maybe once or twice a week you'd get a new partnership deal announced through those platforms yeah. and then now it's like Every single day, there's a plethora of them coming through. The tides have changed. So, okay, reverse back to just declaring what you want, talking to Jacob and sharing that vision. Yeah, what year was that? Oh, God. It It was like very, very early 2020 before CES. Like CES is my, is my COVID nightmare because I really firmly believe like going to CES in whatever that was January of of 2020 was my COVID experience because my son and I were so sick for the entire month of February that I didn't work the entire month of February and then it was like confirmed that COVID was in the United States in March and then schools shut down during his spring break and he never has been in a classroom again. So like my son hasn't been in a classroom since the first week of February of 2020. He's just been doing all of his school online, which is just bananas. Right. But I would talk to Jacob and I just declared to him that I had a a vision for sharing the marketing and branding insights of esports through storytelling of other people. And that was right when MAP was being you know, built out in his mind of like, can he create, can Jacob Miles create the largest esports podcast network in the United States? Because he really saw that there was viability there. And he came from games, like traditional board games. Do you right? know that he came from game asso- trade associations? Well, I'm, I mean, my my because I'm in because I'm in Minnesota, we have a town called Minnetonka, which is where Tonka trucks were born. And so he was talking about 30 years ago, plus yeah. me working with Tonka trucks. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. In in one of the magazines I used to represent, well, in subscription and association toys, B2B, that's how we met. But wow. I know you were first because you introduced Jacob to John. 
Yes, I did. Because Jacob had this big vision. I, I, I was talking with him and he was telling me he had this big vision to, to do a podcast network that was just devoted to gaming and esports. And you know, and then, did you know that he's on our advisory board? Yes. He's one of my favorite people. He's so, so smart. I literally was like, I had a call. I had this call with him and I felt like I had known him for 20 years. Like, you know, you talk to people and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yes. He's from my past in my career past, but we didn't know each other. It is. So that was what sold me on this network. Did you know our story, Rebecca? No, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. So John... And a couple other guys started Esports Decoded podcast. And okay. I believe it might have been with Jacob. So don't, don't hold me to these facts. And something happened and the show was just like not happening, not happening, not happening. So they came to me and they were like, you have to do the Esports Decoded podcast. And I'm like, me? You're like, you and so I, so I went to John and I'm like, John, you got to do it. He's like, no, I've got my own show. I'm doing deal. So we had nobody to do it. That weekend, Sharon, my coach had me read. Everyone communicates to you connect by John Maxwell. I read that book and I said, if we can call the show esports connected, I'm in, I'll just connect with whoever wants to talk to me, whatever members want to be on the show and get connected. And it's so funny how things go full circle. I met John Maxwell last week. And where? In Orlando. I was there last week and he could not believe that that's the story. I said, John, I would have never done this show ever because nobody would do it. And I said, but I can't, I read your book over the weekend. I read it on audible. So it was like a yeah, I remember like a nine hour book. And I was like, if we could just call the show Esports Connected, I'll do it. And it was just from that book. And he couldn't believe it. I love it. Isn't that the funniest story? And the show has been so cool just about connecting. It's so simple, like your story, storytelling. It's like, yeah. who doesn't have a story to tell? Well, and I mean, I like people ask me, can you send a list of questions? I'm like, I don't even know what the questions are going to be. And, and if you have it scripted in terms of like a Q&A, I just don't feel like it's as fun to listen to. I would say my my favorite my favorite podcast to listen to is How I Built This. Have you, do you listen to that one? I heard a few shows. I'm That's trying so to remember. Fun. The founder of, of Discord is one of the most recent guests on How I Built This, which is just phenomenal. Listen to like Jason's story of how he built out Discord and like, you know, the trials and tribulations of like feeling like you're at the cusp of doing something big and then crashing. And then at another cusp of doing something big and crashing and like the ebbs and flows of what he was able to build. And now where discord is today is just phenomenal. Um, and I do remember in 2015, maybe my son. So, I mean, gosh, Roman was so little at that time. He was probably 10 or 11 when he, he downloaded discord on his phone and I deleted it because I didn't know what it was. And now I work in gaming and Roman will never let me forget it. I love to listen to the conversational style of a podcast versus an interview. Like I don't really think of myself as someone who's interviewing someone else. 
I really love to just have an organic conversation. And obviously you and I know each other, but sometimes I will have a guest on my podcast that I've never talked to ever. And it's really fun. And, and when I first talked to Jacob at MAP, one of the things that I talked to him about was I have first conversations like discovery calls with people and so much comes out of the first discovery conversation with somebody where you're ideating together and you're discovering what people are all about and, and you're uncovering commonalities and past experiences and ways in which you can help propel them forward or make a strategic introduction. And time and again, I would get off of a call and think, gosh, I like totally wish this would have been recorded because we just unpacked so much stuff that it needs oh my God. in the world. That was exactly what happened to me the following week. I was talking to members and hearing their stories. So I'm always like, before they join, they want to talk to me. I'm like, tell me how you got started. And that's what I started to ask people. I said, if I were, if we were being recorded, would you be willing to repeat the story? Cause it's so interesting. And like, it's just me hearing it. It was the yeah. same thing. And now I would ne- now remember I've done this same job yeah. for almost my whole life. And this media has been the single best differentiator that has made this so unbelievable. And it was something I would have never done in a million years. I resisted it. I begged anybody to do it besides me. What do you think? What do you think the difference is? Is it because this industry is born digital, always digital? And so people are willing to be more transparent than in other spaces? Or what what's the what makes it? so different from other industries in your eyes from your because you've worked in so many different industries well this I mean and and you know I I really don't want to like beat a dead horse here but this is a very authentic group of people and there's just no doubt about it it's people that love gaming and for the most part which is uh, I, I don't want to say everybody but most. So it was similar in my last industry, which is fantasy sports. People just loved fantasy sports, you know, where some other industries that I've represented, like, let's just say semiconductor, you know, semiconductor, like people like love semiconductors. I mean, we're all part of like the supply chain issue right now, but it's a little different than your play activity because you can love your work but having an activity that you could do as a job. And that's why a lot of um, people start in ticket sales. And a lot of people are oftentimes taken advantage of in industries like sports. Mm -hmm. So because of the love and the passion forward. Yeah. So I think, I think like beyond the game and the love of the game are the two differentiators where it just makes it different. Yeah. I would say like coming from basketball, coming from the NBA, um, one of the things when I would interview people because I'd been through it, right. Um, young people would, I I would say, why do you want to work? Why would you, why do you want to work for the Timberwolves? And just, you know, I will tell you that my Timberwolves family is, I, I still consider myself being a part of the Timberwolves association. I worked there, you know, for a while, but like, I'm always Timberwolves. I'll always be the Timberwolves. But, um, I would tell people 
that would come in and they'd talk so much about fandom. Like mm-hmm. if being a Timberwolves fan is your number one indicator of why you want to work for this organization, don't come and work here. <laughs> because no one wants to see how the sausage is made, right? It will dull a little bit of the shine when you're a part of the team because you're looking at things through a different lens. And it's not a negative necessarily, but like even now when I go to NBA games or basketball games, I'm looking at things through a marketing lens, a partnership lens. I'm noticing the advertisements and the partnership activations and the fan engagement strategies more than I'm just appreciating the product of basketball. And it did kind of take away that um, the specialness of just being a ignorant adorable fan. Um, in esports, there seems to be a little bit of a differentiation from traditional sports when it comes to working in this space, which is, um, you are a part, you're not necessarily advertising the brand or marketing the brand. You are the brand. For example, the, at the game, hers, a, a lot of the people who are, very notable in terms of like our Twitch shows work on staff for the gamers at version one, there's specific people that are on the content team that fans follow and are like excited about and are engaging with. And people like Ashley Midnight Glassell, who was one of the top content creators for all of Call of Duty for years and, and like the first you know, woman content creator at Optic Gaming and like just renowned. Uh, when she first joined the team at version one and well, was rock, just rocker at the time, she had more followers than all of the top Vikings players, you know, and this is a Vikings owned property and her numbers blew all of those players out of the water. Like she is, she is like the goat of Call of Duty. She is. Midnight is the goat of Call of Duty. Totally. She turned herself from being a brand and a content creator to literally being a C-suite executive at a pro esports organization, leading an entire content team and building out organizational strategy. No one, you can't. You just can't do that. Rebecca, you're you're singing to the choir. I came from publishing, right? That's where I fell in love with the membership model. And the content kings, like they had no respect, like ever. Like, you you know, 20 years ago, it was like, who are you? So you wrote what? You're the editor who? So you're like a big deal at somewhere. And it's so different here. Me and my team, you know what, where we struggled was putting ourselves forward. I was always a behind the scenes girl, mm-hmm. even though I was given certain awards or, you know, named this or that I was, we're, we're servant leaders. So for us to have to move forward, for me to have to have a show was such a stretch. And I'm sure that's the case for so many of the content people mm-hmm. that are in this and the content professionals that are in this industry. Cause it's, it's new. It's such a culture bomb. Yeah. 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 I mean, you are so, uh, you so nailed this. Well, I, in my household and it's really funny. So I'm, I have this little lake house in Minnesota and I'm in, I mean, I'm literally in like, this is my office slash 
bath, you see my toilet, bathroom, bedroom, right? I'm on the top floor. On our main level from the street is where my, my daughter and her boyfriend have like their bedroom and my son has his little office. So Roman is 15. He plays Valorant and he plays Valorant on that main level. He's down there. Sometimes I'm up here doing calls like this or on other types of having other types of conversations. My son is on the main level playing Val, running comms, headphones on, being super loud. We laugh about it all the time, like how we can hear him through the entire house, just reverberate through the entire house. But then Sydney and TJ on the on the walkout to the lake on um in the in the basement per se, but it's like a basement walkout. They're down there in the, in the, in the living room playing rocket league and playing together on, on the Xbox. So I've got like in the basement, two 20 somethings playing rocket league on an Xbox. And then on my main level on an MSI, this kid just going at it on Val and running comms and like making all of his friends and then I'm up here on the business side and it's kind of comical, but I'm learning so much from what I have living and breathing inside of my household, which are like true subject matter experts, which you can't buy it. Like, honestly, I'd be spending tens of thousands of dollars to have that level of subject matter expertise. And I just have it living and breathing because I, I bred them into my house. So they're telling me what, what resonates, what is a communication strategy that's going to work for their age groups. And you know, what's, I don't even know the terms to use. They're always like making fun of me. I don't know what is cool. What do people say? Like chuggy or yeet or whatever. I have no idea. I was trying to remember Roman on um, vacation kept saying certain phrases that I never heard before. And I should have just like put them in my notes on my phone because I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to hear be- something so interesting. Like, <laughs> I love what you're saying about, you know, parenting and this new evolution and how we've pivoted in the in the workplace. My godson, who's in the gaming program at IIT. Do you want to know what he said to me the other day? I had a meeting over there to talk about Esports Trade Association and an internship over there with April Welch, who's on our board. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to run over and I texted my godson. I said, hey, are you around? I'm running over to do a video. And he said, I am. And we met and we had we had um, dinner in the cafeteria and he brought his friends and it was so fun. And when I left, he said, you know what my favorite memory of you, Aunt Megan, is? And I said, what? You know, he's, he's what, 19 or 20? Yeah. And yeah. he said that you would just sit with me and watch me play. Yeah. His love video that. game. I love that. I love it. Because I think the biggest lesson for parents is to come alongside your kids to the things that they're passionate about. And I, I say it a million times. I always talk about it. Like if you're willing to watch your toddler play soccer on a Saturday in the rain, why won't you sit with your kid while they're playing their video game and watch them and ask them the questions? Like I know it's a bit over people's heads because it is complex, especially like a first person shooter or a battle royale. Like it's a really hard concept to figure 
figure out what is the purpose or what's the point. Cause it, it's, it's, there's layers to it. It's complicated, but like, let your kids walk you through that and be there so that you can see them do the thing. That's powerful, Megan. I love that. It was so powerful. He was walking me to my car and I said, Tommy, people that play together, stay together. Yes. And what a beautiful memory that he that remembers is. me watching all That's those. Awesome. I know it was, it, it was, it gave me the chills and it was, it, I was so glad because it's not always easy to sit and watch your children playing a video game, Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you, no, but you built, you built a core memory in someone's life that you love that they're holding on to because you were willing to see them where they were at that moment in life and be present. And what a great way for you to hold on to that because now in business sense, you are in his world, right? Like you are literally in his world and you're helping to shape what's to come for his generation in the, in the industry. We're up at time, but I want you to quickly share, first of all, for industry individuals, which is a majority of listeners to my podcast, if they're not already involved in the Esports Trade Association, ESTA, how can they get involved? What's that next step? I think the next step is simply joining. We have a monthly membership fee and we have so many different membership levels. We have students, we have academic, we have corporate, we have enterprise, we have teams. I would say join and try, and there's nothing better than being in service. The best experience of the Esports Trade Association is being on the events planning committee. I think we had 40 people on the last committee, and it's so bonding. It's so cool to be part of something great. Remember the days of, you know, AV, like being in the closet or the basement? Now it's the highlight. You know, everybody wants to bring their stuff, and it's so organized, and we break out into break rooms on Zoom. So just go to Esports Trade Association or Google it, esportsta.org, and 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 give us a try. Stop by the event in Chicago. We're at the Hyatt Centric, and we couldn't thank Morgan Stanley enough for making this all possible. And oh, for the love of Job, we love Jacob. Thank you for creating yes. the largest esports network. And Rebecca, I just want to thank you for being the founder. Of, you know, for all of us to be part of this incredible network. Thanks, Megan. Love you. Family. I love you too. I'm going to try to see you for major. If I don't see you for majors too, majors too, Mystic Lake Casino in Minnesota, that's coming up next weekend. That's going to be big. Like that, that event's going to be super fun. If I don't see you then, 